Mike, I was going to rap there for a second. But Matthew, Matthew 10. That was actually a real stutter. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm messed up. Okay, Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 8. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Come and mess us up even more in Jesus' name. May we never be the same after what we hear because of your word. It's truth. Your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Come and do all that you want to do. All that's in your heart. Release tonight. Living understanding, not just a lecture. Not head knowledge. Not some intellectual ascent. But a download of truth from the throne of God that would change us in the moments that remain in the service, I pray. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead. Hallelujah. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach a message on the grace of God. Walking in grace. Because I have become acutely aware of some religiosity that's been creeping up on me personally. And on those who I know and love. And especially the church. God wants to free His people from legalism. Legalism is is fasting, praying, living right before God, reading your Bible, doing all the stuff that you should do, but doing it so that you have favor. Doing it so that you have more of the love of God. Doing it so that you experience more of God. In other words, it's, it's earning God's love. It's a performance orientation. I, I found when I was a kid that if I did better, I got louder claps, greater shouts, and a bigger pat on the back from my parents maybe. And so we go through life that way, and when we come to God, we really treat Him that way. In other words, if we have a good month, we read our Bible, we go to church, we pray, then God moves more in our life. But that's totally unbiblical. Totally. When I first came into the house, and this is the house that I really came into, and God set free, King's Cathedral and Chapels was then First Assembly of God, and it's grown and got a name change. When I first came in, and, and, and I came into other churches prior to that, but especially here, at KC. I would come in the second I would walk across the threshold of the door, I would feel the presence of God. I mean, I would tangibly feel His presence. My hair would stand on end, and I'd be like, oh my God, that's God. I mean, I knew it. And I'd walk in, and He would clothe me. And the thing that shocked me was I didn't really do anything spiritual to have that happen. In fact, I was a pretty poor example of a Christian by legalistic definitions. Really what I was, was an immature believer, but my heart was set on God. I want to talk about legalism, and I want to talk about the grace of God. In this text that we read, Matthew 10, Matthew 10 verse 8, there's, there's really a number of things here, three truths that were really astonishing to hear in the first century. The first one is heal the sick. Everybody say heal the sick. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Say it with me. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. The, the first truth in this is that they were to operate in supernatural power. And that was amazing, I'm sure, for the disciples. But even today, God says the same thing to you. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead cast out demons. He says the same to you. You say, well, I haven't read that much Bible this week. It doesn't say anything about reading Bible. Reading Bible is good. 
But we get in this rut. A rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. We get in this place where we just think, well, I haven't fasted enough, or I ate lettuce. I had some salad when I was fasting, so it doesn't really count. And the hard thing about, the hard thing about legalism and, and grace is legalism, the, the, the legalistic guy does all the, or gal, does all the stuff to get the favor, to get the blessing, to get the, the, the attention from God, to get the power of God maybe. But the guy who's walking in grace does the same thing. They're both doing the same thing with two different motives. The guy walking in grace does it so that his heart is expanded so he experiences more of God and more revelation of his love. It's his love driven by the love of God. The legalistic guy is driven to get more of the love that actually, scripturally, he already has. But he doesn't realize it. And it can really be a bondage. It can really be a very serious bondage. Isaiah 55, verse 7 and 8, is a subject. And we should probably turn there. Let's go ahead and turn there. Isaiah context, the subject is His mercy and tenderness towards us, even in the midst of our brokenness. And He says in verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, let the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord, and He, that's capital H, that is God, will have mercy on him. And to our God, for He will abundantly pardon, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10. For as rain comes down and snow from heaven... Snow's coming, by the way. Snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth. And make it bring forth and bud. Spring's coming too, it's just a little further off. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not to return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. The context of that Isaiah 55 is that God's ways, God's thoughts are higher than yours in the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your weakness, in the midst of how you think you failed, didn't read your Bible, ate lettuce when you were fasting, in the midst of where you think you didn't line up and be able to hit the mark so that you could have the power of God. God is saying His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. You can earn the power of God. You, come on, somebody. You can earn salvation. You can earn it. It's a gift. It's the gift of God. It's called grace. We'll get to Galatians in a moment. I've gave my example because I was so overwhelmed by the grace of God that it sort of set something in, on, on course for me. Well, like I really tried to get God to hate me. No, I really did. I did the same thing on all of my family and everybody that loved me. It worked. Mostly, there's a couple exceptions. But it didn't work on God. I spurned Him, rejected Him, cursed Him, spit at Him, did everything that you say you shouldn't do. I cursed God. Cursed God and died. I did it. It's only one thing. I couldn't die. Guns didn't go off. I was constantly rescued, angelic visitations. I didn't, I didn't hardly pray at all. I didn't know the Bible at all. I didn't read the Bible at all. I had people praying for me, and I had a demonstration of the love of God for me just because He loves me, not because I read the Bible, not because I fasted, not because I prayed, not because of anything I did. He came and He wrapped His arms around my stinking carcass, and He brought me out of the fire, and He saved me sovereignly. Does anybody else understand what I'm saying? Oh, I changed my mind. We're not going to go to Galatians just yet. But hold your finger there or put a piece of paper or get one of those um, from the banner ministry. Come on, how many of you got, how many of you got a banner? You do? 
It's one of these things. Come on. It's the original banner, I think. You see it? Huh? Can you see it? Some of you have like three or two in different colors and stuff. All right. God's righteousness, His blessing, His favor is given freely. Back back to Matthew 10, verse 8. Breakthrough for the, for the first century disciples operate in supernatural ministry. But the second thing from that text is freely you've received. Freely you've received. In other words, and we're going to talk about Galatians. Some of you know where I'm going. Freely you've received. You didn't do jack to get the power to do that. Not one thing except believe. Come on, somebody say you didn't get jack. That's right. And the third thing is give it to others. Freely you've received, freely give. There are many people who try to earn wealth by preaching the gospel to some anointing that's on their life. I'm going to just tell you that it is a, it's absolutely wrong. It's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong by making your living from preaching the gospel. The Apostle Paul talks about that. It's wrong to use the anointing to manipulate people to get wealth. Freely we've received, freely we give. There's three things you see in that text. And we get caught up in this earning, doing these spiritual activities to earn favor, to motivate God to like us more. If you're caught up in some charade, some spiritual activity to try to, some, some fasting and praying and reading your Bible on this rigorous method so that God likes you more, I have news for you. He likes you just as much as when you didn't read the Bible. It cannot change. He is unchanging. He loves you. You say, you shouldn't preach that. People won't read the Word. Oh, no, 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 no. When you find out how much He loves you, you just get to, what? I want to get to know Him more. And you press in. It's different. The love motivated works. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone, is anyone here? Good. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Wow. Verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us. That we might be the righteousness of God in Him. I love this Scripture. It is one of my life Scriptures. Because I had rammed down my throat about what this disease that I had. I had rammed down my throat about how, you know, you're just going to have that the rest of your life and that's just the way you are. I've meditated on this Scripture hardly knowing anything about the Word. Somehow stumbled across it and kept reading it. If anyone's in Christ, in Christ, that means, that means I've received Him. I understand Ephesians. I'm in Him. He's in me. I understood that. So if anyone's in Christ, I'm anyone. I don't know how I could actually qualify for that, that because I really broke lots of stuff and rules and I'm a bad boy. But it says, if anyone's in Christ, okay, that's me. He's a new creation. New creation. New creation. Old things have passed away. I had some old things. Does anybody else have or had? I meditated on that and realized, man, all the penalties and all the punishment was gone. And I want to tell you, some of you don't think that God is going to move in your family, that God's going to move in your life, that that things aren't going to happen because you're just not a good enough Christian yet. And I'm going to tell you, it is a bunch of bunk. God moves in your life because He loves you that much. But you have to have confidence in that. Not doubt, but confidence. And you can't let the, 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 the age, the, the, the wisdom of the age to move through to say, well, you're going to earn it. That performance orientation that says, well, if you just hit the home run like your daddy said, then he'd come and love you, hug you, give you an ice cream cone. Your father hit the home run through his son, Jesus, so every penalty's gone. So you, you don't have a debt. Your debt has been wiped out. You don't have one anymore. Somebody ought to shout in the house tonight. You don't have a penalty. You say, well, God's punished me. Where would He actually come up with that idea? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are God's expression of righteousness. 
in the earth. According to this Scripture and many others, but we don't act like it because we don't believe it because we didn't read our Bible, we didn't fast, or we ate lettuce. We didn't witness. We didn't win anybody to Christ this week, this month, this year. We're not tithing like we should. So God doesn't love me. God loves you whether you tithe or not. You might be busted, disgusted, and broke, but He still loves you. (laughs) God is completely for you. He is crazy about you. He's longing to wrap His arms around you and have fellowship with you even though you stinketh. And that is the beauty of our God. Then no matter what you do, His heart isn't going to open up more to you. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? When we fast, are we believing that God's going to move? Can I tell you, fasting is really folding down your humanity and expanding your heart so God, so you can experience more of Him who's already there. Fasting and praying, is, is, it's about us communicating with God, but it's about us really having a greater capacity to understand His love and have a revelation of His love for us. His love isn't, it's perfect already. Is anybody getting this tonight? You all there in Galatians 3? Good. We're not going there yet. I just wanted to make sure that you're all there. Sometimes we feel less because we haven't done the stuff. Should you do the stuff? You should do the stuff. The Bible reading, the praying, the fasting, the giving, the... the, the controlling your flesh, all of that stuff you should do. Yes, you should do it, but you should do it with a motivation that comes from a place of already being loved, not one from this trying to earn love, because you can't earn it. And when you try to do it from a place of trying to earn something from God, you become legalistic and pharisaical. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you are realizing that you are legalistic right now. Well, hallelujah. The first step to getting healed and delivered is exposing your denial. Denial is not a river in Egypt. And you might be legalistic. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. No, you're filled with pride. Not you. The other person. Look, we all, listen, the whole pattern of the world wants to press you into this thing. So you have to get the plumb line of the Word of God and constantly remind yourself, push it down into your ears, press it into your heart, that you are holy and dearly loved. You are God's favorite one. He's for you. No matter what you've done, whether you cracked your Bible open this year, or not. Romans 8. I know, we're going to get to Galatians. Hang in there. I like Romans 8 too. Romans, not Romans 8 too, but Romans 8 1. I like Romans 8 2 also, but Romans 8 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in. Christ Jesus, sing it with me. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in. Now that you know it, sing it out loud. There is therefore. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus will set you free from the law of sin and death. Oh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the Lord's Spirit is life in Christ Jesus will set you free from the law of sin and death. Woo! 
there is no condemnation in Christ. The shame is gone. The curse is broken. Grace is poured out to you. But the enemy wants to come to tell you, Oh, you bad Christian. You horrible Christian. You didn't go to church last week, you wicked thing. You didn't read your Bible. You don't really love God. Yeah, He wants to come and chew on the back of your neck and to get you all stuck in some condemnation so you feel like a dirtbag Christian that should go out back and eat worms at your house. And that is totally not the Word of God. The enemy comes, slap him down with the truth. Declare to him. Just like Jesus, how He won in the garden. (laughs) How He won in the desert. He won in the garden too, but in the desert specifically. He said to Satan, for it is written. It is written. When the enemy comes to tell you what a dirtbag you are and how you should eat worms, say, shut up. It is written. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who in Christ ram it down his throat and pick yourself up. Well, maybe you did mess up. Well, maybe you did, but guess what? His mercies are new every morning and it's morning somewhere right now. And right now, it's still morning. So if you messed up, start over. Oh, refuse shame. Refuse to be pressed into shame. I especially can't, I can't stand it when some well-meaning legalistic believer comes and tries to press shame on me. I hate that. Can I say hate? I abhor it. And the enemy wants, to, wants to, you to put that on people. I'm going to tell you, we're not filled, to, filled tonight because that mess has been pressed on a whole bunch of people. Well, you should, you should be ashamed of yourself. Look, if you've done something wrong, don't, don't be stuck in shame. Repent. Plead the blood of Jesus. Stand back up and get serving Him again. Because, come on, God is excited about the fact that... Oh, man. He's the author and the perfect... i got that scripture somewhere. Where is it? Galatians. We're going to get there. Galatians 3. It's not yet. Hebrews... The best French roast ever. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, look unto Jesus. Look to who? Look unto Jesus. But many times we're not looking to Jesus. We're looking to somebody else. We're looking. I'm looking to Scott. Man, that guy is so... If you haven't met him yet, you need to meet him. Scott, very anointed. Prophetic voice. Powerful man of God. So oftentimes we'll look to a Scott, we'll look to a T.D. Jakes, we'll look to a Pastor Vince and say, well, I, I just need to be like him. And when you do that, you begin to compare. I spend as much time in the Word as he does, I think. I mean, I know that guy's pretty diligent, but I mean, I've been in the Word. I mean, I've been praying and I, God doesn't use me like that. I don't have that kind of anointing. And what happens is because you talk to yourself too much. You talk to yourself about yourself. Don't talk to yourself about yourself. That's a recipe for disaster. You come in agreement with how ugly you are? Give me a break. God's the one that made you. Who are you to decide what's pretty and ugly? You think, well, you know, if I, I could just, if I could just maybe give more than I could have. It's good to give more. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're giving to try to get, then your heart's in the wrong place. If I could just pray to read my Bible more and fast more, then I'll have more of the power of God. God does not want you to compare your... The Apostle Paul said, I don't compare myself with anybody. And you should not compare yourself with anybody except with Jesus. Look unto Jesus the author and the perfecter. Now, now, now get, get this. Get, get this. Anything good on the inside of you came from God. So the fact that you actually have a thought about loving Him more, about the power of God moving, is what He gave it to you. I'm not getting through. 
okay. All right. I'm going to sit down. Uh, we, have a, we have a house. We just got a, a, a property, about an acre and a half. God supernaturally has blessed us. And we have this house. It's moved on. It's already built. And I've found myself, although I don't do it too long because it's just ridiculous. And I, I found myself trying to make decisions about, you know, a foundation. Can I tell you how much I know about a foundation? Not that much. And so I'll even maybe discuss it. I'm not talking about the placement of the foundation. I'm, I, I found myself thinking about, well, I wonder what kind of mortar to use. You know, and, and, and just kind of going through things. Like, I'm a guy that builds foundations. Can I tell you something? I don't build those kind of foundations. I build spiritual ones, but I don't build those kind. Okay, so you don't want to come consulting with me about how you should have your foundation in your house. But I find myself talking to myself about the foundation even though I don't know anything. I find myself talking about, thinking about the construction of the house and, and you know, that it's got a garage that's seven feet high. I want an eight-foot garage. So I just think, you know, we should just get eight-foot doors and just put them in. There's only one problem. I've learned there's a problem. The problem is there's this major cross beam that goes across. And that can't be moved without some major reconstruction. And so I learned, as I found out, we have conversations with ourselves about ourselves, about how we should get a more anointed and all the different things that should happen. You don't know Jack. Can we talk about Jack again? You don't know him. You don't know jack about how you're supposed to get more anointed. Can I tell you how you get more anointed? Fall more in love to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The author, the builder. He's the builder. He's the one that called you. He's the one that put His Spirit on the end. Now go to Galatians 3. You stupid Galatians. Galatians 3 verse 1, amplified. Sort of. Oh, you foolish. (laughs) Woo! Galatians. Oh, you foolish wassilans. The shoe fits where it... I'm getting offended. Good. You might have some stuff on the inside of you that needs to be offended so you can walk free instead of in legalism. You pharisaical thing, you. Galatians 3, verse 1. Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you crucified? This only I want to learn from you. And he asked them this question. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or can I I rephrase it? I'm going to rephrase it. Did you receive the Spirit through some great thing that you did? Did you receive the Spirit by earning it? Have you worked so hard? Is that how you actually received the Spirit? He's asking them a question. Now, it's a letter. So, you know, they can't actually answer back unless they wrote back. They didn't have text back then. Okay, but I ask you this. If you've received the Holy Spirit in your life, let me ask you, how did you actually get that? Is that, did you read your Bible a whole bunch that week? Was that the week that you really gave a big offering? Was the week was that the week? Now you may have done those things, but did you do them and that then produced in you the infilling of the spirit? The answer is no. Are you so foolish? Oh, we got to go back to verse 2. This I only want to know from you. Did you receive the spirit by earning it or by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The answer is by the hearing of faith. And there's not one person here. Well, let me say that. This. If you feel like you've earned your salvation, your salvation is very faulty. And you've been given a bag of goods because you didn't earn it. Because you can't. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can wash away your sins. All other ground is sinking sand, but on Christ's solid rock I'll stand. Only the blood. Only the blood can cleanse you. And when He cleanses you, He cleanses you. That means you're a new creation. You're brand new. Your brain doesn't know it. That's called the renewing of your mind. 
listen, you, stop talking to yourself about yourself. Start talking to God about Him and what He says about you. And when you start talking to God about what He says about you, you will get big and strong and not be a foolish Galatian or Wassilin or whatever we're calling it. Verse 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you're now going to be made perfect. Now, perfect means mature by the flesh. And and he's not talking about your fleshly nature. He's talking about, are you now going to be made mature because you did a bunch of stuff? Although we do it all the time. And we get trapped. This message ought to set you free a little bit. It's hard You've got to shift the channel. You've got to refocus. This is not a thought that comes from the world. This, 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 his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. It's so hard for us because mom and dad rammed it in our brains another way. The third grade teacher taught you something else. Everything in the world, the love and favor, it increased with, with hard work maybe or good looks or money or, or earning it. That's the love of the world. That is not the love of your Heavenly Father. The love of your Heavenly Father is perfect. Better than any great dad. Better than anyone in this world. And you can't earn it. It's a gift. It's a free gift. Some of us... Some of you here, you need to break legalism off your life. This message will set you free. Because God's excited about you no matter what you do. When you're weak and you fail, His love towards you is just the same. It brings consequences. I hate that part. I wish they could just not have the consequences part. Look up to Jesus, the author, Hebrews 12, verse 2. Author and the finisher of your faith. You need to speak to God more. Not about, don't speak to yourself. What do you know about making a man or a woman of God? What do you know? You're going to go counsel yourself? It's like me building a foundation for my house. That's a, that's a mistake. Do you understand what I'm talking about? How many of you know God? Know, God is the one that gave you the thought that you to think about Him. He's the author. Here we are trying to, you know, we're trying to like figure out how we can get more of the love of God. He's like, <laughs> I'm the one that put the block there to begin with. Why don't you talk to me? I'll help you. I'm the one that bought the lot, put the house on it. He's the author. For you to even be in church to think about God is it's from Him. You don't have confidence in how great you are in God. You'll get burned out, man. Did your parents ever tell you don't act like a child? Good. Well, I'm telling you, act like a child. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, go ahead, act like a child. You know, you don't have to teach a three-year-old when they get up in that high chair and they want, you know, they want their... What do they want? Everything. Right. And more of it. They want everything and they want more. And they don't care about what kind of day you had. They don't care whether you're burned out or tired. They don't care whether you suffered on the job. or They don't care about any of that stuff. They're just like, give me my way back. Give me my little teething cookie, whatever. Give me my, give me my stuff. And they're boldly like, you know, hopefully you don't let them yell at you and stuff. Otherwise, you'll end up with a prison ministry later on. You've got to teach your kids right, train them right. But we're supposed to be like a child that you just boldly come before God. He's not tired. He doesn't sleep or slumbers. He's not on some hospital bed with a drip. Oh, God, pray for me, church. Pray for me. Pray for me that I'd be able to hold it all. The, the devil's wearying me. Are you kidding me? But some of you have that perception. Oh, I don't want to bother God. Bother God? He's, he's still spinning off universes all over the place, man. Everything's traveling around. Bother Him? He's outside of time and space. He's, not, he's the uncreated one. 
He's God. And He loves you. He, you know what? He, you know what? Oh, come on. Turn, turn to the Psalms. Psalm 116. Everybody say, act like a child. I'm going to end on time tonight. Maybe. One sixteen. Verse twelve. Now, I, I, I think many of you have asked this question. I've asked it. This is this is uh, this whole next section here. Mike Bickle teaches on is one of his first messages he ever preached. But it's a great word. I'll share it with you. What should we render to the Lord for all the benefits towards me? Says the Psalmist, verse twelve, one hundred and sixteen Psalm, verse twelve. I don't know if you've ever asked that question, but I have. God, what, man, what can I do for you? Ask not what you can do for your country. Ask, come on, ask not what you, your country can do for you. J.F. Kennedy said it. But many times we ask God, you know, God, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. Really, when, when you realize all that he's already done, what will happen in your heart is like, just ask. What do you, I'm, I'm, Anything. Jump. How high do you want me to jump? What do you want me to do? And so the psalmist said, he's, the psalmist is overwhelmed, David. He's overwhelmed, totally overwhelmed about what God has done. And so he says, man, what, what shall I render? What shall I give to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation, verse 13, and call upon the name of the Lord. Now let's think about that. I will take up the cup of salvation. Salvation is a free gift. I'll take up this cup of salvation. You know what God wants you to do for all He's done for you? Not work harder. Receive bigger. Believe His promises. Receive what God's done. Ask Him to enlarge your heart so He can give you more. We need to grow in the knowledge of God and grow in who He is. Not try to earn His love. It's bondage. Trying to earn God's favor and love is legalistic bondage. And it'll wear you out, tire you, stomp you down, and make you want to quit. It doesn't work. It's not. It's not God. It's not biblical. The biblical thing to do when you realize all that God has done is be like a three-year-old and say, God, I want more. That's what he's saying. Receive to him. Thank him. Worship him. Open your heart to more that he wants to show you. The Lord told me this as my worship team comes. He said this. Who I am and who you are in me changes everything, son. I preached that on Kauai. God interrupted me. I was having a pity party. And I realized it was really an identity crisis. And he said, son... Says who I am and who you are in me changes everything. You're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Stop looking at your neighbor. Stop looking at how spiritual this person is or that person. And begin to fix your eyes, Hebrews 12, on Jesus, the author of and the finisher. He's the one that started it. He knows how to build you into his own house. The author and the finisher of this good work. Stop beating yourself up about all the stuff you haven't done and all that you should do so that you become spiritually mature. And open your heart to who God says that you are. It's a brand new day, yes it is. It's a brand new day. Act like a child. 
but understand also that you're talking with God. So be polite, but tell him you want more. God, I want more of you. And he goes, yes. Whoosh. Not, Lord, how do I, oh, God, you know, you, you got to, you know, talking to myself, trying to counsel myself, trying to figure out how to build the house when I'm not a house builder. He wants you just to open up to receive his great love. His love hunts down, destroys, chases down, and utterly banishes all fear. All of it. You don't have to earn his love because you can. Just receive it. You know, I'm looking at Scott. How old is your boy? 18 months? That one. Oops. She's fine. She is totally... I mean, if you could just see this, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I've got her attention now. You can go back to what you're doing. It's all good. She's not worried about one thing sitting here in her daddy's lap. She's not thinking about how she's going to get fed. She's not thinking about how she's going to get home. She's not thinking about... She's just all cruising with whatever she's playing with. Sitting on daddy's lap. Chillaxing. Some of you need to chillax. You need to rest. Labor to enter into his rest. You just be you. Just, just be you, the Lord says. Just let me love you. You don't have to earn it. You can't. I'm building you into, my, into your, my own man, says the Lord. I'm building you into my own man. Even tonight, there's things that are just rolling off. Let it roll off you. Receive. Receive His love tonight. here tonight. You could be on the platform except for Heidi. You have to receive right where you're at. If this message spoke to you and you just needed a touch from God, you know God's speaking to you tonight through this message. Gently, quietly stand and come to the front with reverence. Just come. Receive Receive
time receiving because you have a laundry list about how you shouldn't, how he shouldn't accept you. Because this happened, that happened. You have a whole list to prove why you're not worthy of his love. We'll take all that stuff and nail it up on Jesus because that's where that's supposed to go. That is where that's supposed to go. And really, we get stuck in this place and the decisions and acting as if we're not worthy creates a cycle of, of downfall and failure and even cursing. And it happens throughout your life because you've never been delivered of... of, of of understanding a revelation of who Jesus is. You've got to have a revelation of the cross. Because once that happens, then you'll renew your mind to say, man, I'm worthy of everything that God has for me. I'm not a, I'm not a loser. I'm a, I'm a new creation. So turn off your mind that wants to argue with the truth that says you're not worthy because... A, B, C, D through Z, and then you go A, A, B, B... CC, and then you go AAA. I mean, it's like an outline. This whole argument about how you're not worthy of God's blessings. Crumble it up, throw it away, and receive what He did on the cross of Calvary. You're a new creation in Christ. You are brand new. No matter what happened, no matter where you've been or what you've gone through, you're a holy and dearly loved by the Lord God Almighty. Receive. No, your parents didn't give it because they didn't have it. And that's all there is to it. But God does. He's got no shortage. You're His son. You're His favorite one. Fire! You're His daughter. Calls you beautiful. You say, what do I do? Get to know Him. Press in. Fast, pray, read the Bible. Yes, but all motivated by love. All motivated and driven because of a fascination with God. Of a God who would love you despite what we've done to take your sins and put them upon His only Son. Just receive. He's more than enough. He's God. He's the author. He's the finisher, not you. Quit trying to grapple to get favor. Quit trying to grapple to to even do the will of God in fulfilling the plan for your life. I mean, you do the will and you fight against evil. I mean, you resist the devil and he'll flee. Yes, all of those things, but motivated by the love of God. God has His best for you. Nothing short. Jesus. People getting free tonight. Tremendous healing. Tremendous healing. Truth be told, you've been tired as of late. 
You're going to enter into this new place of rest, says the Lord. And He's going to heal you of things that even happen in the church. He's going to place you in a place of tremendous, tremendous safety in the house of the Lord. great call of God upon your life. Great call of God upon your life. Lord, touch. forth and the bringing forth into the harvest field. Don't rush it. God will prepare you. God will cover you. God will help you. It will come in the context of authority. Healthy authority. There's a powerful anointing that's upon your life. Don't race ahead. Rest. Rest in His love and teach others to do the same. The right thing at the wrong time sure of God's timing. Rest, rest. Devil drives. God leads. Bless. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.
yoked by a yoke of slavery, driven by a spirit of religion and tradition. Don't do it. Don't receive it. It's really no fun at all. It's very hard work. As a religious person who's trying to earn the love of God, but a lovesick bride, head over heels for her bridegroom. Come on, somebody, give him praise in the house of God. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise.